0: The whole savagely unhealthy housing market theme was the realization that 2022 started at all-time lows in inventory, and we were forced bidding, and the only way we could stop this is rates to go up higher. And it has. Rates have gone up higher, and we're seeing inventory increase. We see less bidding wars. But the context of what the Federal Reserve is doing right now gets more interesting because in the past, all the economic data was still showing an expansion. Uh, even for myself, all in a sense, my six recession red flags are up. So at what point do they or can they pivot? Hey, folks, this is Clayton
1: Collins. I'm the CEO at HW Media. And today I'm bringing you a crossover episode from our sister podcast, Housing Wire Daily, with host Sarah Wheeler and Housing Wire lead analyst Logan Motoshami. Today, I'm bringing you this crossover episode because I listened to another mortgage industry podcast where a guest talked about forecasts of 8% mortgage interest rates. And honestly, the data that we're following just doesn't support that. So I want to bring you the expertise that Logan brings to the housing market every day. And also the expertise that Logan brings to some of the most influential decision makers in our country, On Tuesday, Logan presented to the Committee for Economic Development, part of the conference board, a really exclusive CEO group that has a lot of influence in our country. And Logan shared his six-flag recession model and expert perspectives on the housing market. And we're bringing that knowledge to you, our housing news listeners. And if by chance you are already a listener and subscriber to Housing Wire Daily, then this is your prompt. Share the episode with your friends and colleagues and spread the housing expertise. Hope you enjoy this one. And now a quick message from our housing news sponsor, Radian Title Services. Blockchain is changing the future of home ownership because it creates online documentation of title and closing transactions that can be seen by all parties. Blockchain facilitates quick title transfers, gives you more security, is more efficient, and offers home buyers and agents a more streamlined process. To see how Title Genius by Radian positions you to close more quickly, visit MyTitleGenius.com. And if you're a real estate agent, there's a link right on the landing page with specific knowledge for you.
2: Logan, welcome back to the podcast.
0: It is wonderful to be here, Sarah. Uh, Just got off of a discussion with the Committee Conference Board in DC, the people that actually do the leading economic index, and it just went great.
2: It went really well. I was able to listen in on that. Uh, just some great insight that you gave them and that they asked about. And you know, they they were really wanting to know more about your six recession red flags. And I believe the sixth one you are going to raise very shortly.
0: Yes, uh, uh, these are, this is the committee that actually makes the leading economic index. It's their it's their data line. Uh, so I got to talk about their data line toward them and uh, talk about the different variables and components and. You know, technically, we've had four months of declines. It, uh, this data line peaked in April, and I uh, talked about trajectories of uh, rate of change with the five other recession red flag. I mean, I really just got to geek out, and it was just like a breath of like new oxygen that you've never had in your life, and it just—it was a lot of fun. So it was, yeah. Gross. I did I did explain every every point and reference uh, of the six recession red flag, especially with the housing component and. Uh, Uh, Definitely answered some interesting questions. So it was a lot of fun.
2: Well, let's talk about the housing component for our audience, because, you know, you wrote a a story, can lower mortgage rates stop the housing recession? And it's something that a lot of people are asking us about because, okay, so the Fed raised the Fed funds rate and then mortgage rates dropped and then they've kind of gone up, gone down, whatever. But like, definitely they're not heading higher. In, in a meaningful way. So we're looking at lower mortgage rates going forward. So what does that do to housing? Is that going to stop the housing recession that we've seen? So let's dive in there.
0: You know, the context of having a one and a quarter percent move lower in rates, you know, um, uh, is historic in nature as well. Uh, but, you know, the the highlight of the article was trying to say, listen, we went from 2.75 to six and a quarter. Uh, in 52 weeks, the, the range. Uh, that is a meaningful push in mortgage rates. And what's happening in the previous expansion is that rates would move up. You know, the taper uh, tantrum in 2013, rates went from 35 to 4.5%, and it created all this drama. That's nothing compared to what we just saw here. But th- the reason I wanted to write that article is just to show the historical context of what we're dealing with here is different than what we had in the previous expansion. Uh, we had rates go up to 5% in 2018, didn't really damage the existing home sales market too much as, as much as the new home sales market was hit back then. But the historical increase in home prices uh, that we've seen in two and a half years, uh, uh, that component years—that component—it makes this uh, period much, much different uh, than the past. In the past, if mortgage rates dropped, you know, one and a quarter percent, housing demand would would pick up and, and, you know, the new home sales sector would do much better. Here, we're dealing with a much different backdrop because we're not going from three and a half to four and a half, five percent back down below four percent. That's what we used to deal with. We went from, you know, two point seven, five percent to six and a quarter and rates went all the way back down to five percent. And the Federal Reserve freaked out They go. No, no, we can't have mortgage rates go down. We can't have the stock market rise. That's not what we want. We want mortgage rates to go up higher. Uh, we want uh, we want to destroy the economy, not have it get better. Uh, so they've come out in full force and they're trying whatever they can to get bond yields up. Uh, uh, they they do not want rates coming back down. They do not want the stock market rallying. They want the economy to have inflicted as much pain as possible to where su- demand comes down and supply increases Uh, So they went full force after the market reaction. And again, for my work, it's always been bond market channels going back decades. Uh, If we have recessionary data post-1982, typically the bond market finds a peak and then bond yields fall into a recession. So it's this interesting tug of war here. But again, we're we're pretty late in the economic expansion. The 10-year yield is still below 3% uh but the context of the article was to show you know in the past this would happen but we just went from six and a quarter to five percent that's not anything we had to deal with in the previous expansion and then we've had massive home price gains. so it's going to be different uh i talk about lower rates you know housing gets better when rates head toward four percent and under Uh, we're not there and we're also dealing with massive home price increases now of course some of the counter is, well those those home price increases the seller uh, has more nested equity to put down on a, on a home especially if it's a smaller home yes that's very true. Uh, that's still happening today. Uh, but uh, in terms of the general housing market you need rates to go lower for longer even talked about you know considering the demand hit that we've seen uh, four and one eighth to four and a half percent just if we could just trend down there, and, and have duration, yeah, that 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 could change the housing dynamics. But traditionally speaking, going back the last ten years, is when rates go below four percent, that changes. So we'll see uh, what happens. Purchase application data just had a one percent increase week to week. It's still down sixteen uh, percent year over year. So there's there's nothing glaring to me right now. The more interesting aspect is that new listings have fallen now for three straight weeks. Uh, uh and if some people pull the plug on their selling ideas that means that's a natural seller uh that was going to be a buyer uh, of a home uh 75 to 80 82% of the time so uh it, it's a big move but in in the context to the other big move the mother the godzilla of all moves uh 40% plus home price growth home prices are still rising year over year even though the growth rate is slowing and then to have like a 3% plus move on mortgage rates within the first like six months or, you know, or in a very short time. That is, that is historic in nature. That is the biggest hit to affordability I'll ever see in my life because of these variables probably won't ever be uh, in place again.
2: So, you know, the Fed has been really open about the fact that after this last time, they didn't really see maybe what they were looking for. So they're going to keep raising rates, right? I mean, they're still going to be. Aggressive. Yeah, the
0: language is the language was very forceful uh, after the seventy-five uh, percent hike because the bond market went down and stocks rallied, and they're like, "Oh no, that's not what we want. We want mortgage rates up. We want the American economy to get weaker, not stronger." So they don't they don't want rates going down. They don't want the stock market rallying. Their job is to do as enough damage to the U.S. economy and to American citizens so they can spend less. So when they spend less, the supply grows, the growth rate of inflation. Uh, so my argument, part of some of this is jawboning on their side, but part of this is, boy, it's pretty late in the cycle to think that uh, you need to, for me, it's like you need to up your economic talking game and be saying that, listen, uh, uh, if there is a recession, you either going to keep rates higher. Or you keep on raising them. And this is something I've talked about, especially on Twitter Finance, that, you know, even with the inverted yield curve, we have to look at the Federal Reserve looking to hike rates, even with the inverted yield curve in play, even with the housing recession clear to them. They want to destroy demand enough to bring inflation down. Uh, and but
2: here's the problem. I mean, the demand is coming from people who, you know, it's the demographic tidal wave that that no one can stop. I mean, you can make it unaffordable for people, and and we are seeing that. But I, I just think that trying to stop the demand at this point, to your point, seems like, um, you know, it's going to be less than successful.
0: You know, for for me, it was, you know, the the whole savagely unhealthy housing market theme was the realization that. 2022 started at all-time lows in inventory, and we were forced bidding. And the only way we could stop this is rates to go up higher. Uh, And it has. Rates have gone up higher, and we're seeing inventory increase. We see less bidding wars. But the context of what the Federal Reserve is doing right now gets more interesting because in the past, all the economic data was still showing an expansion. Uh, Even for myself, in a sense, my six recession red flags are up. So at what point do they or can they pivot? Because there's going to be a point to where if you're in a job loss recession and we see a lot of these inflationary data lines start to come down, we see freight costs come down, we see the ISM service index, the prices paid is coming down, the growth rate inflation will come down. It's going to lag the BLS data uh, about six months. But we see this already. So you, at some point, you're going to have to uh, justify Uh, When there is a job loss recession, um, what is the point of raising credit card interest rates on American citizens when they're dealing with this type of economy? And it gets more problematic on their side because they've kind of said, hey, listen, we can't really do anything about gas prices Uh, the dollar is already stronger. Usually that takes care of that in the past, but it it becomes more of a problematic issue now for them because the data lines are getting weaker. And, you know, when Fed officials says, oh, the economy is strong, the consumers, you know, there's only so much you could get away with that uh, before it's like, well, wait a second, you're the Federal Reserve. You have a series of data miners working for you. Why are all these data lines showing recession and you're not? And I think that's that that'll be a hit to their credibility if the data lines do start to get worse. Um, so there is the counter argument to what I'm saying right here is that they know the economics getting data is getting weaker. They just have to talk tough, and I think a lot of that there's there's a there's a part of that in some of their discussions. But clearly, they do not want mortgage rates going down. They do not want the stock market. Uh, they want demand destruction and the unified effort uh, after the market reaction last week to try to get. Rates up to try to bring the stock market down was flawlessly predictable. Uh, 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 so it is interesting to see that uh, the one after another of, of Fed officials, even those who are considered to be dovish, are no, 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 no. We're we're going to keep rates up. We're going to keep on hiking. We're going to. The, you know, and uh, it gets it gets more dicey for them now that the economic data is weaker. So,
2: you know, they might want mortgage rates to go up. Almost no one in the mortgage industry wants rates to go up. Right. You've been team higher rates because you wanted it to cool off some of the home price appreciation. And so, you know, I think many in the mortgage industry would be like, great. It's you know, we're, we're going to see lower rates at, or at least coming off of the highs. Right. We may not be under four, but tell us why you think uh, or, or whether you think that these lower rates are going to deliver what, you know, get us out of the housing recession that we are in?
0: When I talk about a housing recession, it's really the new home sales sector and housing starts and production, uh, permits, starts, multifamily construction, construction jobs, big ticket items, and the builder's confidence data has collapsed, right? So uh, we already raised the recession red flag there in June. Uh, you're going to need the builders' confidence to start picking up, and it'll be interesting to see if they're able to capture some some of the buyers with the rates dropping one and a quarter percent. So I think their buyers get a little bit better rates than normal people. So uh, uh, you need a prolonged downtrend in rates and to, to to trend that way with duration. I always talk about higher rates need duration, what well, lower rates need duration as well. Just just believing in how I've looked at economics since you know the 1982 downdraft in bond yields. Rates traditionally don't go up in a recession. It did happen in the mid 70s. It did happen in the early 80s. But uh, what the bond market is doing right now is is telling you the economic data is getting weaker and the Fed just wants to fight that uh, because I don't know if they're not convinced yet that we can see some of the inflationary data getting better. I just don't think they want to let up and have rates go back down this is how i see them they don't want mortgage rates going back down and stocks rallying and then the inflation data keeps stays up Uh, um so this is why they're talking really tough uh and I, i can imagine they were not happy having mortgage rates drop one and a quarter percent they were probably throwing books at the wall and going no uh you know so that's that's the part of demand destruction that's the rate sensitive issue uh in this industry boy when rates drop up like that those things typically get weaker right the demand data gets weaker so it'll be interesting going out of course we always talk about this tug of war uh it looks like there's going to be a tug of war now between uh, bond yields and the federal reserve uh but clearly just just by my work uh, just like what i've talked about today to the conference board really all my six recession red flags are up if you there's these there's this unbelievable reality that we're dealing with such high velocity data the data goes up like crazy it goes down like crazy it'll find a equilibrium that's more normal so uh uh, the negative gdp if you if anybody bothered to read the reports you know it was exports and inventory buildup. really consumption is fine industrial production is fine jobs are being created the history of us economics that's not recessionary but other data lines are getting weaker right, noticeably weaker, especially housing. And housing as a a component of GDP was negative in Q2. It's not going to get better in Q3 or Q4. So uh, it's just just a very unique time with the Federal Reserve, but you can clearly see they were upset that mortgage rates went lower. They did not want that to happen.
2: I think the volatility is interesting on a couple of fronts. So you mentioned the fact that For uh, new home sales, the builder's confidence—it's going to take a a bit for them to really believe in these lower rates. But I think they have the same problem that other people have. Whether you're a buyer or a potential buyer or seller, a real estate agent, a mortgage company—you don't really know what to think about this. It's like things have changed so fast. And on the one hand, you you see those mortgage rates going down, but you hear the Fed talking about how they're going to, you know, be more aggressive. And so I feel like anytime you have that sort of volatility, everybody. Uh, uncertainty does not do good, does not do well for this market at any level, no matter who you are in the market.
0: That's why duration, time and stability uh, with rates uh, tend to work. Uh, you know, I, I, I joked with a uh, one of my Wall Street friends today that, oh, uh, rates went down, but they spiked back up. And trust me, nobody is like looking at their TikTok and going, oh, rates went down half a percent. Let's go buy that house. Uh, no no it doesn't work that fast what what traditionally happens is people plan to buy or sell their homes uh the year before so you kind of do that seasonality when to uh when you're gonna put your house on the market sell it and then buy another house uh here uh, w- one of the things that could possibly happen is that maybe some of the people that have already pulled the plug for this year because we're in august that traditionally you know the growth rate of uh growth um, uh, inventory tends to slow uh, the families that traditionally move during the summer are are going up maybe with rates going down lower some some of them go hey listen rates are back down you know we just needed five and a half percent or lower to you know maybe something like that has a little bit more uh, uh, uh um, value in terms of something that could happen but in general terms rates have to trend lower for sometimes and and higher even for myself you know when i when i look at the mortgage purchase application data when rates got above 4%, I had anticipated a four week moving average decline of 18 to 22%. That did not happen with rates to 4 to 5%, right? That only really occurred recently, and that's getting rates all the way up to 6%. Uh, uh so it's much different. Uh, I, I, I had anticipated uh, the data to get weaker earlier. It didn't. Uh, some of that has to do with the rise of the arms, but 4 to 5%. Rates didn't do the damage, I thought, but 5 to 6%. So naturally, when you're working from a very low bar, if rates trend lower with duration and time, uh, that stabilizes the market. Uh, but it, it, until purchase application data, the year-over-year data starts to slow down in terms of not double-digit declines, but single-digit declines and flat to then positive. The market is still trending in the same way. So we saw a 1% increase week to week. I'm not a big week-to-week week person, but the year-over-year decline is 16%. And if you got a trend of year-over-year decline is 11 then 9%, then 7%, then you start to see like what we saw in COVID, right? The COVID recovery, we saw the recovery happening, even though people didn't believe it. It was 35% declines, then it was... then it was 22% decline, and then it was 15, 8, oh, we're positive again, right? So you need to wait for that to happen because that's a forward-looking index. Uh, And again, traditionally, the seasonality is that after May, uh, volumes tend to fall anyway. But uh, again, COVID has messed up so many things that things are just all new to us on how we track these economic data lines.
2: So if I'm looking at the rest of this year, if I'm in mortgage, if I'm in real estate, if I want to buy or sell... What do you expect as far as inventory, affordability, home prices, um, and and being in in the part of the year that typically doesn't have as many sales?
0: Well, here's the one interesting aspect with sales. And not a lot of people know this. Our best sales prints in the last 12 years have all come in the fall and winter. They have never come in the spring and summer. They've all come in the fall and winter. And when you uh, um, say
2: the best sales prints, do you mean the number the of
0: existing? Sales? Yeah, the existing home sales monthly prints have literally the best prints of all. Come in the fall and winter. And
2: wh- why they do have, you think that is?
0: I, I just the seasonality uh, uh, of you know when when rates were lower, uh, the buyers picked up, uh, uh, and uh, it, it, it's it's always been the case that the trend reversal in demand is when rates are going lower, and then we see an uptick in sales, and it. It's always actually happened in the fall and winter. And I show people this. I, I, I show them the existing home sales charts. I say, go look at it. Look, that was a fall. They go, whoa, you're right. I said, yeah, um, definitely, definitely lower mortgage rates have uh, made things uh, cheaper. Definitely the, the payments uh, rates have gone back up again in a very uh, quick fashion still. So uh, to me, you need rates to trend lower, stay lower Four to four and one eighth to four and a half. If you could get down to those areas, uh, I think that because the decline that we've seen in sales, you'll 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 see a, a different housing market. But we're not there yet. yeah in in the past, mortgage rates heading toward four percent and below is what changed the market. But then again, we're talking about a period of time that didn't have forty percent plus home price. So the total cost of housing is 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 definitely uh, the 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 story this year because. You know, home prices were rising very aggressively, but mortgage rates were lower. Uh, um, and now the the twofold effect has definitely uh, impacted the marginal home buyer. There's still millions and millions of homes being bought. I think total home sales, new and existing homes, should be still 5.7 million. That's a that's a very healthy number. Uh, but that marginal home buyer got hit, and more home buyers got uh, hit with the prices and rates combined together. And we're not. What what we'll we'll notice the data getting better with the purchase application data on a weekly basis when when rates fall again. But for right now, it was definitely a big aggressive move. You know you don't see one and a quarter percent declines in in rates, but clearly you could see the Federal Reserve was not happy about that.
1: And now we're going to take a really quick break for
3: this week's edition of the Mortgage Minute, brought to you by Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions. When you specialize in something, you become the go-to expert on that particular topic. Hi, this is Steven Winokur, Chief Marketing Officer with Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions, bringing you today's Non-QM Minute. It's something I call the law of focus. The more you focus, the higher the market share you get within that area. You can apply this to the mortgage industry with Non-QM. An ideal start would be to focus on self-employed borrowers and gig workers with the bank statement program. Many self-employed can't qualify using tax returns that are turned away by realtors or other lenders. Get the word out that you specialize in solutions for the self-employed and can help avoid fallout situations. You can do the same for real estate investors offering investor loan options. Work with a trusted lender like Angel Oak to understand how to learn your niche and promote your specialty of solving loan scenario problems. It's easier than you think. And can help you close more loans and gain new referrals. As a friend of mine used to say, it's time to get rich on the niche. And that's today's non-QM Minute.
2: So you mentioned that data line. That's was going to be my next question. It's like, how do we know when lower rates have gotten to the point lower, you know, low enough that the recession will will it will start to trend the other way for housing you,
0: you know the, for the housing recession it's really the builders confidence will start to pause it and reverse and that means that they can get those homes sold and i can imagine with the backlog that they have that that's what they care about most right now if they can sell those homes uh, and the cancellation rates do not rise they'll be happier campers right now but you got to realize this sector gets this sector was in a sense, uh, you know, in 2018, in theory, I should have raised the re- recession red flag when mortgage rates got to 5% because this monthly supply was over six and a half months. The builder's confidence was falling and, uh, the builder stocks were down 30%. The only reason I didn't raise the red flag and put it in a penalty box is because new home sales was really low. And so we're housing starts and we're going into years 2020 to 2024. Plus, I thought rates were going to fall in 2019. Here it's, it's much different. The median sales price for new homes is This went crazy recently. So they have to work uh, off their uh, inventory levels. And again, those homes are under construction and there's supply that hasn't even started yet. So this will be a grind, but I I, I stress to everybody, the builders are in a much better spot now than let's say 2005 where sales were 1.4 million and then we just had a collapse in demand and they built all these homes and they had this massive inventory. Here, that inventory is still being built and new home sales is at five hundred ninety thousand, right? So they're, we're not working from an elevated sales level, and uh, they tend to they they learned to manage their supply well. So uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see that if they're able to capture some uh, some of the home buyers uh, with the one and a quarter percent rate uh, fall. Uh, but we'll see it in the builders' confidence index, just like we saw it, you know, start to decline rate of change, right? You always want to see the rate of change in in some of these data that are. Uh, kind of old the tooth uh, uh, in the expansion or in the recession.
2: I think this comes, you know, this leads us back to a talking point that you and I talk about and other people talk about with you, which is, you know, people want to say, we just need to build more homes. But if we really built all the homes that we need, everyone's home values would go through the floor. And so you have to decide, do you want homes to be shelter or do you want homes to be an investment? Because we can hate on the builders or we don't, but some people are like, oh, you know, the builders should build more, whatever. But the reason the the builders do that is for their economic model, but it also benefits everyone who's currently a homeowner, correct?
0: You know, this, this has been the big talking point for me for 10 years. Um the builders do not care about the existing home sales market because they're not building for them. They're only building to sell to make money. So when uh, there was a recent New York Times article where the person wrote that the builder should just build homes if nobody is buying them. Tell me that you've never run a business in your life, you know, without telling me you've never run a business. And we wrote that. We wrote this last year in that article. Why we don't. Uh, Absolutely. That's ludicrous. We said, we said, we said when rates rise, they're not going to build. And there's going to be people who are going to say the social good doers are going to say that to, to help society, they have to build. They don't make money. They don't build. That's how it works in the real world, right? It does, You know, this is not the metaverse or some Dungeons and Dragons game, okay? In the real world, you have to make money, right, to do this. So the builders just are business people. So when rates rise, that was the whole premise of the 1.94%. Um, uh, line in the sand. I mean, even in March, when the new home sales report was okay, we said, okay, this is it. Everyone, the business model is at risk. So, just like it had in the past. So, that's the construction side. Of course, the existing home sales market is massive and total inventory has been falling since 2014. Even with with the demand hit right now, we're at, you know, the NAR data, 1.26 million. Um, Just, you know, the, the reason I keep on uh hounding that 1.52 to 1.93 level time and time again. That just brings us back to the 2019 levels, which was really the four decade lows. Um, and you know, I, I I talked about this recently. You can have like home prices decline even with low historical data. We saw that in the 90s, but monthly supply like went up to like nine months then. Uh, here it's at three months. So this is there's a lot of different dynamics about housing economics now that I just I don't think people understand that homeowners traditionally don't sell their homes to be homeless or go rent at a higher cost. They stay in their homes for a long time because they like to. Uh, they don't They don't just sell because they're afraid. I think Twitter finance, I mean I, I mean this with all res- with with the most disrespect possible. Uh, you got a lot of soft people there. You just have a lot <laughs> of fragile, soft.
2: Okay, why do you say that? What every, does that mean?
0: It's just every for ten years, whenever rates rise, everybody freaks out. Of everyone's going to sell their homes, and and again, I I just think there's a group of men who do not have stable relationships that think that you can just do that to your family, and then I find out, boy, they're middle-aged guys who do not have stable relationships who have just yeah, they sound right. You know, they they. You don't sell your house like you sell a stock. So um, people are talking about, I mean, every day I have to deal with this on Twitter. Oh, inventory is rising at the fastest clip ever. You know, I was like, show it. Oh yeah. You see that, you know, that's called performance anxiety, right? You can't, that's not inventory breaking out to all time highs. That's not even 2019 levels. And is part of it I know is the marketing and the trolling of housing for 10 years, right? But but um, if we talk about housing economics, you have to realize that people are staying in their homes longer and they're doing really well in them. And those people traditionally don't freak out and sell to be homeless or go rent at a higher cost. Think about it. Your family members would be really upset because they've had a stable, long life in there. So the active listings, the traditional listings that we see every year, right, with higher rates, what it does is the days on market can grow. And guess what? It really hasn't right? And the, the last existing home sales report, meeting days on market is 14, the lowest levels ever. You know, back in 2011, it was 101 days. Now it's 14 days. Again, nothing good happens when this is a teenager, right? Uh, so uh, there is active listings that happen each year, and that's traditionally normal. People sell to move all the time. They also traditionally go sell to buy another house, right? So those are, that's in a sense, is a wash on the inventory, the investors are different, right? Uh, because they can—they have a tenant that they can kick out, and they have no—they have no shelter tied to that property. That's different. So we see some of that increase, but traditionally, if you're talking about primary resident homeowners, they just don't think like people on Twitter or on YouTube do. And I think just just the genetics being kind of soft and fragile and worrying all the time and always crying about a recession. That the mindset of that as a male when you're middle age and you just grow 12 years, that makes things worse, right? You tend not to get tougher, you tend to get crankier when you get older. And you could see this on social <laughs> media YouTube sites. It's like it's and it's it's just who it's just the society we live in. But homeowners themselves are like, dude, I have like a 3% mortgage rate, my mortgage payment is really low compared to my incomes, my cash flow is great. Why would I sell my house? you guys are the ones that sound panicky. That's why you hide around fake names. You don't forecast anything. Real people don't do that. In the real world, people live their lives. They have sex. Their kids go to school. They go to work. This is how human beings live. They don't go, oh my god, oh my house might go down in value 10%. Let's sell. And I just, no, that, that comes from a not having a stable relationship in your life. Uh, And I could always count on middle-aged men on Twitter doing this (laughs) time and time again and hiding behind fake names. Why? (laughs) Soft. It's just what it is. Twelve years of listening to this. (laughs) It's just soft people. And this is why this is why I say only the real ball players forecast. Right. They forecast every year. They show their name and face. And then all this other stuff is this Mickey Mouse running around. So. Put your name on something, forecast something, and do it every year for at least five years. Then you get it. How you have to be the detective, not the troll.
2: We're going to start a whole counseling service where these middle-aged men can come to you, Logan Monashami, and you can tell them what Sarah, they should be doing. Sarah, their lives.
0: I, I, you, you know what I do on Twitter? I challenge these people to a live debate. I do, I do the gangs I in New York. It, yes. with Bill the butcher. And I just say... You come on a live camera debate with me and then let's talk about your forecasts for the last five. Anyone? <laughs> Bueller? No? All I hear is crickets. Because when you get these people in a live debate, because live debating is my thing. Like I just love, I mean, you you saw how I what I did on the conference board. You get me in a live debate and you do not forecast, I will light that up in such a fashion that your coworkers, your kids, your spouses are gonna go. Man, that was a mistake. Cuz we are ready to play ball. We are ready to play ball 24/7, but you got to show your name and face and let's get into a live debate. And so far, everyone I challenged, they go Ugh. Nothing, crickets.
2: Listen, we would, would we would welcome that. If any of our listeners here themselves want to do this or know someone who should debate Logan, let us know. Um, Sarah at hwmedia.com is how you can reach me on email. I'm always open to this. We have put this out there. Very few people want to do it. And I think too, Logan, I mean, a lot of the people who challenge you or who just want to continue to talk about the housing crash, to your point, they are anonymous accounts. No one knows who they are, what their stake in this is why they're doing this. And the so- funny thing
0: is like 90% of them, I know who they are and I know the last <laughs> thing they want to do is get on a live camera. You could actually show your name and face and just like, oh boy. So that's, that's, this is why I do that. This is why I challenge people on Twitter. This is why I say let's ball up, right? Cause real ball players, they're not afraid to, to go on a challenge, right? Let's, let's just throw down right now. But the people that don't, when you test them, mm, oh, oh no, go, uh, whatever, whatever excuse they have. See, that's the difference. When you really want to play, the when you really want to play, you got to go on the playing field, right? And you got to forecast. And it, it's different when you actually have to forecast. You just don't go run right around and stuff. And. Uh, uh, let me tell you something. If you want to see the happiest Logan Morshami ever, you get him in a live camera debate and just let me go to work because <laughs> there are, I, I don't there are technical ways all. to show people like how real economics work. And then there's the, I'm just going to say a housing crash every year to generate as much attention and despise the Federal Reserve because the entire housing market is a giant Ponzi scheme and Americans buying homes and having sex and having kids is, is a is a is, a, is a, a atrocity to humanity because this institution was created after nineteen thirteen, right? So no okay. <laughs>
2: Okay, I I apparently I push that button again. I push the button that that puts you on that rant, which is <laughs> very entertaining, and you know I always learn a lot from it. But that's why we have you on. We have you on this podcast. We have you writing because you are looking at the data. You're looking at the data historically for for the last one of your favorite charts is a 40 year old chart shows trend lines that way. And um, so we appreciate your take on this. We will continue to look at it. Encourage our listeners to look at your latest story, which is about whether or how lower rates can affect the housing recession that we're currently in. And I think that, you know, unfortunately, I don't think there's a lot of easy answers there.
0: No. And we just look at the history and we look at affordability data and demographics, there's all these things that happen. And let me tell you something. There's a reason why I said everything will be okay. As long as home prices don't grow over 23% in five years, that did not happen. That is a big deal. Uh, the 10 year yield getting over 1.94%, 4% is a big deal. When those two things happen together, that is a really big deal. Uh, and it's not a positive, it's a negative, right? Uh, that was the one thing I was worried about during years 2020 to 2024 because some of us have to look at the inventory data and see that it was falling for eight years, not rising or creating these fake shortage stories just because you don't want to you know, admit that supply is low. Uh, This is what real ball players do, right? They forecast, right? They talk about data. They don't try to create a false narrative just to promote an ideological take on an institution that somebody doesn't like.
2: Appreciate you, Logan. As always, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your insight. Thanks for making me laugh. I'm sure you made some of our uh, listeners laugh today. And uh, we'll see you on in a couple of days.
0: Yes, a great day for Housing Wire because we killed it today for the conference board.
2: I love that. Thank you so much.
0: Let me guess housing market uncertainty has you guessing what's around the corner. It's the reason we created Housing Wire Annual. Housing Wire Annual is where the community from across the housing ecosystem comes together to share strategies, drive business, discover new technologies, discuss best practices, and meet industry leaders. With four different tracks, including mortgage, real estate, valuation, and title, our agenda is power-packed with content to propel your company to the next level and connect you with the industry playmakers. Join us October 3rd through 5th at the Fairmont Princess in Scottsdale, Arizona. Head to housingwireannual.com to secure your spot now and use code PODCAST20 for 20% off tickets.
1: Bam. Now that is a wrap of this week's episode of the housing news podcast. Do me a huge favor and go to iTunes and rate this show. And if you leave a comment, you better tune in next week because you might get a shout out. Thank you.